Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. How are you enjoying the praying to Pentecost? Who in here are, are you even doing the devotional? I'm enjoying that devotional. So if you did not get one last week, there's still some out there. There's uh, The yellow ones are for your kiddos. I know, I think Wyatt's been doing his. Um, and so there's still some of the kids out there. So any of you guys here today that missed it last week, they're out there. Um, I'm enjoying this devotion so, so much. And we're using it on Wednesday nights. We talk through the ones we've uh, done already. And I am just loving it, loving it. Turn with me as we continue talking about prayer today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And I forgot to to tell Bo, I'm going to actually give it through the NIV on this verse. Because I just like the way it reads better. Matthew 6, 33. It says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Lord, this is your word today, every scripture we read, and it's alive and active, and may it change us because of who you are today. In Jesus' name, amen. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Now, if you go back and look at Matthew chapter 6, what is all of these things? It's talking about how we worry about money, how we worry about what we're going to wear, the things that we need in life. We're worried about it. And, and Jesus says, look, our Father takes care of the birds out there. We shouldn't have to worry about those things because he loves us so much more than they. So when it says, when you seek his kingdom, all these things, in other words, when your priorities get set straight, God takes care of needs. Can we distinguish between needs and wants this morning? Like, we think sometimes, like, I went shopping this week, and I was really thinking I needed a new outfit for graduation. I did not find anything that I liked. Oh, who hates shopping right now? I do. But as I left there, I thought, why do I need this? I have how many outfits in my closet? You see, I have all I need. It was a want that I wanted. But I see two things here in this verse. There is an action that we have to take. And then there's the promise of God in his action when we do our part. So seek First, the NLT said, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Think about your priority list in life. If you had to name off your top three priorities of life, what would that be? I think a lot of times we easily say, well, God, family, country. Right? That's a a quick saying. Or maybe it's God, and you're more specific, my spouse and my kids then my job, other family members. You know, we, we, we kind of have that priority list of what we focus on, right? Well, let's talk about, though, what it means to seek God first. Because to me, there are two things that are pretty non-negotiable here when we're seeking God. You need to be spending daily time in the Word 
And you need to be spending daily time in prayer. Like, non-negotiable. Do you know what that means? Like, we live in an era where there's a loophole to every contract. There's no loophole here. When we seek first, daily time in the Word is so important. And by the way, this, this is a pretty good book. I highly recommend it, actually. Like, if you like to read, I'm just... There's some good stuff in here. Like, Stephen King ain't got nothing on the Bible, just so you know. There's some... There's, I need to do a whole series of Not Your Grandma's Sunday School. I used to do this with teens a lot of times and, and kind of pull out the real stories of the Bible. You know, the whole idea of spending time daily with God in His Word is to allow Him to speak to you and shape you by that Word. You know, when I was going through um, some songs this week, daily time, and and I was beginning to look at some of the song lyrics, and, you know, some of them kind of lined up with this whole priority, and there's a whole lot of patriotic songs, God, family, and country, but I had a problem with them. Because if you go and look at these lyrics, God only shows up on Sunday morning when you're sitting in the pew. That's not seeking God first. That's not putting Him first in your life. That's just showing up on Sunday morning, right? And then I got to reading a study. So Lifeway did a study, and, and I think, Bo, this will be up there in just a second, and I'm assuming, yeah, he's got, he's so good. He's so good. They did this study of 40,000 people ages 8 to 80. And they they surveyed how often they spend time in the Bible with God's Word, okay? So for those that engage Scripture one time a week, and that could be this morning, you're here and I said open your Bible and you did, or you read it off the screen, you have engaged God's Word, okay? But this is the only day you do it. In their survey, they found out there was no effect on that person's life. It didn't change them. There was no change from how they lived before to the way they lived after. Then they found that if you engage the word two times a week, so you showed up Sunday and I just guilted you about Wednesday night, so you're going to show up Wednesday night and you're going to do that Bible study with us too, still no effect on how it changed a person's life. People that engaged it three times a week. So you showed up Sunday, you showed up Wednesday, and, and somewhere in there you, you do a devotion this week. Three times a week you, you interact. And when I say interact, you could be reading your Bible, you could be doing the devotion that we have, you could be listening to a podcast as you're driving down the road. So three times you've engaged in the Word this week, and they saw only the smallest pulse of a change in people's lives. In other words, imagine that you find a body laid out and you're looking for a pulse to even see if they're alive. (laughs) And you get that faint pulse. So basically still no change. But then this amazing thing happened. If people engaged four times or more a week in the Word, they began to see huge jumps and changes in life. 
They called it the power of four. So if somebody was engaging the word four times a week, their feelings of loneliness dropped by 30%. Have you ever felt lonely, like nobody gets you? Their anger issues dropped by 32%. Bitterness in relationships dropped by 40%. Alcoholism dropped 57%. Sex outside of marriage dropped by 68%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%. Have you ever been there? You hit that plateau and like you just feel so stagnant you don't you just don't know what to do. Viewing pornography dropped by 61%. And then I love these last two. Sharing your faith jumped 200%. And discipling others jumped by 230%. This is if you are spending time engaging the word four times or more during the week. They saw these huge changes and again, from age 80, or 8 to 80. So this means that people who engage the Bible, right? So you're, you're reading, or you're attending a small group with us, or you're listening to podcasts, or you've got the Bible app listening to it. And if some of these technology things don't make a lot of sense to you, please always ask me or Bo, or someone that you think might understand it. I will show it to you, how to download it, how to... I think it was Teresa Miles that she and I, one day after church, I had to show her, she had downloaded that Bible app, and she was like, now wait, you said I can listen to this in my car. Tell me how to do this. And she began to listen to it back and forth to Mina every week. So this means people who engage the Bible one to three times a week basically have the same effect in their life, get this, as people that spend zero time with God. Is that bother you a little bit? I hope it does. These were kind of astounding. And, and here's the deal, because I know some of you are fussing at me in your head right now about this, going, PJ, like, <sighs> I have open-toed shoes on today, and that hurt, right? But the problem is we have this deception that the enemy is giving us. Just because you showed up, you feel really good this morning, right? <laughs> I made it to church, amen, hallelujah, yay. But by this study, it tells me, unless you keep engaging the word through the week, it's not going to help. It's like me showing up once a week at the gym. <laughs> yeah, it ain't going to do a lot, right? Because I'm still going to go get that donut after church. And think about that. When we talk about our physical well-being, the doctors tell us what? You need to exercise three or more times a week to see. And, and it doesn't have to be hardcore. You don't have to put the, the treadmill on the fastest setting, right? Just, just get up and do something. So I'm telling you, just do something. Begin to engage in God's word whether that's picking up the devotional. And by the way, our little journal out there, it's very easy reading, very short scripture, gives you a nice little devotion written by one of the DSs in the U.S. and Canada region, which, by the way, I told them Wednesday night, you'll recognize a name as Dr. Virgil Askren has wrote one. You've already, Shelly's already looked ahead, I see. Um, so 
Don't deceive yourself just because we pick and choose. That's like me eating my veggies twice a week and eating donuts the rest of the week. Like, it ain't going to work out good for me, right? The blood work doesn't come back. And this is why I strive. I know sometimes maybe it feels like I overload you with devotions and reading lists. It's because everybody learns different. Everybody interacts different. For some of you, it's the writing the scripture. Pat loves writing those scriptures down. I do too. I've, I've really enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. And, and so some of you, that's the thing. But not everybody. So guess what? That's why I do these devotions with the series. Because maybe you like reading a full devotion. Posting things on Facebook. I try to, to encourage you to find an app. For those of you that know how to use your phones, right? Find an app that you can engage in and you can find devotions in those. Seek first every day. The second non-negotiable thing, daily prayer. If you you have your Bible, Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 6 probably something you may be familiar with if you've been in the church even a little. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I know you like to worry. I worry. I worry about my son. He's graduating and he only has a eh, so-so plan. Hmm. I don't know what that looks like yet. (laughs) He does have an interview Monday. And I'm trying not to worry, but I don't think he understands he's he's graduating. I don't think he understands (laughs) this yet, you know? And we worry, don't we, mamas? I know we get this one day where they're going to, you know, cook you a meal. They're going to clean the dishes. You saw my Facebook post. I've already, I already gave Eric the riot act, so I'm going to give the rest of you men. Clean those dishes up today if you cook for the wife. All right? Because I promise you, I don't care how good the gift was this morning. You leave those dishes dirty, she done forgot that gift. Like, Yeah. And I told Eric, I said, I made that post out of experience. My, my poor family did this once, several, several years ago. They cooked me a beautiful steak dinner. Thomas is back there, you're throwing me under the bus again. Well, this goes on the kids, too, because they were plenty old enough. And they, they made me a beautiful steak grilled dinner. It was perfect until Monday morning, and I had to get up and clean the kitchen. <laughs> and it wasn't so fun anymore. <laughs> I think they've taken me out for lunch ever since. <laughs> That's the smart thing to do today, just telling you, okay? Did you know that the Jews pray three times a day? Like morning, afternoon, evening? Now, I don't know about you, but I have days I feel like I struggle to get one prayer session in. Can I be honest? That's real. I mean, like... I'm excited if I have had a good prayer session before I leave out my door in the morning, right? 
So I'm, I'm thinking I can barely get one time in, but here's the difference. You've got to have an attitude of seeking God. You've got to have a hunger to want to get to know him more, to want to spend time. And if you're, you're not doing the, the journaling, you know, I really recommend it. But especially if you struggle, that journal out there gives you a place to start. It gives you a guidance on how to, because in that journal, it gives you the scripture, it gives you the devotion, it gives you a prayer to read. Oh, how many times, we talked about this Wednesday night, how many times people, if I say, would you like to pray for me today? And everybody goes, hmm. And y'all look at the floor and how beautiful the carpet is. Yeah. And you think, I don't know how to pray. These journals help teach you that. Like, as you read how other people pray, it kind of clicks then of like, oh, they're just having a conversation with God. That's all prayer is. When you sit down and talk to your, your best friend, whether that's in the, the fishing boat or whether that's over a cup of coffee, that's what prayer is. Just sitting and talking to your friend, to the God who loves you more than anybody on this earth. There was things that we talked about our prayer journal this week, things that we have been learning about prayer. First of all, prayer is not optional. It's not optional. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, when you pray, not if you pray, not when things get bad and you, you feel like you're in a corner and you got to pray. He said, when you pray, and he began to tell them, pray like this. So prayer is not optional. This is a time for you and God. Um, one of my favorite devotions this week was when it talked about how we love to confess other people's sins in our prayer time, but we forget to confess our sins, right? And so they, they quoted this little boy when he was doing the Lord's Prayer. He said, forgive us our trash passing, and we forgive those who pass trash against us. Because see, when, when we go to the prayer chain with those concerns about somebody else, we are trash passing. We're just sharing the trash on somebody else, right? Well, guess what? They're passing trash on you too, right? I love that. I think I will forever carry that version in my head when I say the Lord's Prayer because we so often say, forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses as those who trespass. And, and we don't really stop to think what that really means, right? It means we're wrong, we're doing wrongs to others and they're doing wrongs. Help, help us forgive all of that. Other things that we talked about, Matthew chapter 7, showed us that Jesus was giving us permission to ask anything. Keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. Now, we discuss that that doesn't mean we get everything we pray about. And thank you, Heavenly Father. Because there's a lot of prayers I can think back that I am so glad he didn't answer the way I wanted him to. Because he always had something better. But we have permission to ask anything. Another thing that we talked about, prayer is constant. It's not just a moment it's not just something that I want you to do 
You know, um, somebody said Wednesday night, oh, I hate when I get out the door and I realize, oh, I didn't do my prayer time. I'm like, great, while you're driving, then pray. Eyes open when you do that, just so you know. Prayer is a constant thing. It may be a song that triggers me to pray. I have a certain song that when I hear that song, I pray for Z and Sam in the Ukraine. I have a certain... This is weird. I have a certain smell. When we smell pizza in our house, who do we pray for, Thomas Jenkins? David Baker. It's a crazy thing that happened to us once, but it's just always our thing. Those are the little things. Prayer is constant. Another thing that we learned in our journal this week, we have to listen. We have to listen for God's response. Oh, I'm real good at telling God my list. I'm real good at telling God the hurts in my heart. I'm real good about passing that trash for the Lord to know about, right? But I have to listen. I have to make time to hear. We, we talked about what that looked like on Wednesday night, and, and I said, when I journal, I have this thing that if I think I hear God speak something to me, and I'm not talking audible voice, you just, the more you're in his word, the more you're in prayer, the more you learn his voice. And when I think that I hear that, I put brackets and write it down. I don't question it. I don't sit there and ponder, is that God? Is that not God? I don't know if that's God. I just write it down. That I think this is what God just spoke. Because I've had to learn to listen. Even if it interrupted, God, I was on a roll. I was writing that trash down so fast I couldn't even keep the pen going, right? And then he'll speak something. And usually it might contradict something that I'm writing about because he's reminding me what his thoughts are about it. So prayer is not just something we do on Sunday morning, right? Or even once in the morning or once at bed. I'm not very good at praying at bedtime. Because my head hits that pillow and I am gone. Like, so gone. Poor Thomas, this, I've, I've been taking magnesium before I go to bed. Let me just tell you, it works. Last night's the first time in probably three months I've gotten up in the middle of the night. And it's because I took Allegra D and messed my system up. So I don't pray, you know, if I'm praying at night. Now, if you got insomnia, I tell you, start praying. Because that old devil will let you go to sleep really fast if you start praying in the middle of the night. Because he don't want you praying, right? He don't want you praying for people. But back to Philippians 4. Do not be anxious. That is so hard. I understand. Do not be anxious about anything. And, And then he tells us this promise that you'll get the peace of God. Now, this is not about the absence of conflict, by the way. That's what we want. We want the storm to settle all the time. But this is not about warm and fuzzy feelings of just, yay, God loves me and I know that, and and I'm going to be okay. No, sometimes I know I'm still not going to be okay. Like, life is still going to happen. We still lose our loved ones. We still have to walk through tough things that we can't change. 
But it's a peace in knowing that God is in control. And church, if you've never felt that, oh, you're missing it. To be able to know. How do I know that God is in control, you ask? Seek God first. Spend time in his word. Because then you begin to understand who he is. You begin to understand how much he loves you. You begin to understand if he is for me, there ain't nobody can be against me. You begin to understand that life happens, but he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Whatever it is you're walking this morning, he's right there with you. We talked Wednesday night that we, we pray a lot of times, God, open this door or close a door. Help us, help us know what we're doing. Sometimes he doesn't shut the door. And you walk through it and you go, what in the world, God? Why would you let me walk through this? But he's still right there with me. And sometimes it's because he's working something out in me. But I don't know that if I'm not in his word. You see, that's why you need to be in the Word more than once or twice a week. <laughs> because life happens seven days a week. And the closer I am to Him and His voice, it'll drown out what the enemy is saying to me. And then there's this other thing in that passage that it said that you tell God what you need. Again, you have permission to ask anything. There is nothing too big or too small. But then it said, thank him for all he has done. Bring a sacrifice of thanksgiving. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. What does that mean? That means that life stinks, but God, you're good. And I thank you. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. You know, last week we introduced the Ebenezer jar. For those of you that maybe wasn't here last week. And the Ebenezer jar is based on 1 Samuel where Samuel took a large stone, remember, and he named it Ebenezer, the stone of help. It was to commemorate God helping them. Because he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. And so what we did last week was we each had a stone and we would bring it up here, and we wrote our initials on there, and we, we wanted to remember something God had done for us in the past, where we know that he showed up. And we gave that thanksgiving, that remembrance, that Ebenezer stone, as we prayed for something in our life. And this is going to be here every week, at least through this series. And every week we're going to end this service with it, where you can come up, Pick up a stone, put your initial, drop it in the jar. That's your Ebenezer. I've used it all week, by the way. I've had people in here all week that we've dropped stones in the middle of the week. This is any time you're in this building, you're welcome to come to this table. I came up here before service this morning because I was just feeling rattled and there's so much. And, and sometimes I just can't get settled and I just thought, God, you have helped me every service. When I step up here, I step under your umbrella. And I was remembering that as I was just trying to calm my soul. Someone dropped a stone in this week that was facing 
pretty hard week. And before we prayed about it, I said, I want you to go and I want you to remember a time God was your help. Because he's still the same God. He's still the same God. So that jar will be here. I know through this series, through Pentecost, it may be the new norm. You just may see a bowl of rocks. And, and, and here's something I thought of last night. Because, okay, I'm sorry. I had to get rocks that are nice and pretty together so that as they filled up. But maybe this week, maybe you're somewhere and in that moment of prayer... You look down and you pick up a rock and say, this is my Ebenezer. You want to bring that rock and you want to drop it in this jar. I'm okay with that. I want us to build our Ebenezers. I want us to build our Ebenezers as we remember with thanksgiving. But this is why we need to be in the Word. Because we begin to see these small things that can make a big difference in your life. You don't, you don't believe the, the information I gave you earlier about this study? Then I dare you, read your word four times a week for the next month and come back and tell me how it affects you. But tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. And then this scripture says, then, then you'll receive his peace. And it's, it says this, get this, his peace will guard your hearts, and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The promise is not that the storm always stops. The promise is not always healing of our bodies. The promise is our hearts and our minds are safe in God, that he will protect us. You know, sometimes I, I, I pray over my family God, I don't know what they're facing today. And, and sometimes with Thomas, I do know. And I just say, God, guard his heart and his mind today from all the fiery arrows that the enemy is going to throw at him, that make him doubt himself, that make him feel less than. That's what the peace is going to guard you from. Because we, we get stuck in that, why me, Lord? Why not you? Life happens. And it's going to be hard. But if I tell him what I need, and I thank him for what he's done, he's going to show up with his peace that says, I'm still in control no matter how this turns out. I've got you. And I'm not letting you go. And it said, as you live in Christ, what does it look like to live in Christ? Back to Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom above all else. Above all else. And live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. And sometimes that changes what life looks like as we begin to seek God. We begin to understand, wow, the dream I've been chasing, that was my dream. It really wasn't a kingdom thing. You know, as we join half a million Nazarenes in prayer, and I'm, I'm loving this. I love that uh, Miss, Miss Judy in Colorado is doing the same devotion as we are. I love that Aunt Carol in, in Tennessee is doing the same devotion as we are. There's a half a million Nazarenes praying with us over the Church of the Nazarene, over their local bodies. And we're praying that it changes the world. 
as we pray together. But it starts here with me. Forgive me for my trash passing, Lord. It starts with me today. Every week we're going to end our service with the song that we played last week, that you're just as good as when I first met you, God. Sometimes you have to go back. I do. I go back to the early days of walking as a Christian where I was on fire for the Lord and it was just all new and it was just all great and and everything seemed great. But the longer we're Christians, we hit those stagnant areas, right? We hit those times of like, I just don't know if I believe what I believe anymore. And it's okay to go through those times. But get in the Word. So every week we're going to close with that song. We're going to close with a time of prayer. And I, I open up. I know I always say the altars are open. They are, but the Ebenezer jar is opened up. Somebody today, you need to come forward and you just need to remember, God, you're just as good as when I met you. And I remember what you did here. And God, I think you can do it again. I think you can do it again. Stand with me this morning, church. And as this song plays... I want you to come forward with just a a thankful memory. God, I know what you've done. Just initial those stones, drop it in with your prayer. Because you know what? We serve a good God. We serve a good God. And I believe he can do things again. He may do it different. I remember a day on a Sunday morning where you couldn't even walk down that back hallway because Sunday school was so filled up. It may not look like that again, but I think he's trying to fill this church up again. Even if it looks a little different and we do it a little different, he's going to be the same God. I'm seeing a, a spark in our teen group. Cody, you, you have a niece. She got your blood. She is bringing people to church left and right. I'm telling you. I see a spark. That children's church is filled up this morning. Because he's still the same good God. So whatever your need is. Maybe it's somebody in your family that you're praying for salvation. Oh, let me share my testimony with you sometime and I can tell you how good God is that He can reach you even when you don't know that He's looking for you. One thing I love about this Ebenezer jar, it's not just my testimony in that jar. I get to look at these other rocks and see your testimony. And that builds the body of faith together. Because I think what He did in your life, He'll do in plenty of rocks and again this is up here if you come in before church you're welcome to just come forward pick a rock drop it in and that's your prayer that's fine there is something that moves heaven when a church body prays together and I know that every one of these stones not only is it a thanksgiving it's a prayer a need that they are bringing so Click that in your mind as you pray for your family and your friends this week.
dear Heavenly Father, as, as they continue, the, the rocks are still here. Please feel free to come forward. Maybe you've never made that step forward. And maybe, maybe this Ebenezer today is you saying yes to God. Maybe this is the moment that you want to be thankful for. That you say, yes, I need a Savior. I need to be forgiven of all that trash passing I've been doing. And you need to come forward and you need to put a rock in this morning to remember that moment. Maybe this is a a moment of rededication. You know Jesus as Savior. You just haven't, haven't been engaging Him very much. And it's showing in your life. When, when we don't engage, we're no different than the world around us. Hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, open hearts. And Father, as we placed our Ebenezers in here again this week, I pray for each person that stepped forward. That God, they remembered that moment that you were their help. And they've seen you do it in their life. And God, they have a prayer that they need you again. And so, Father, I just pray for the Holy Spirit to speak openly today to each person listening. Because, Father, you want to change us because of who you are. It's not legalistic. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that you want to do in our life. You want to redeem our story because, God, you breathe life into every person in this room with a purpose and a plan. Father, sometimes we mess that up. Forgive us for that. Forgive us for trying to figure life out our way. Forgive us for trying to just live life our way. And God, may we just open our hearts and our hands this morning to you. Just say, here we are. Move me in the direction you need me, Lord. May I be willing to move, Lord. And Father, I just pray as we leave this place, you have been here with us. I am so thankful. And I pray that people will know that as we leave this place. I pray that they'll begin to to see a difference to anybody that has been on that church on the hill. Like, I don't know what's happening, but something is happening because... When we leave this place, Lord, may we love others wholeheartedly, openly, love them. But God, love them with the truth of who you are because Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And Father, may we take that gospel with us today and share it in a loving manner and begin to change a community, begin to change many communities, as I I know there's some that will leave this community today to go home. And may they take whatever it is you've worked in their hearts today here with them. Father, I love you. I thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. I thank you for the moments I can remember that you were my help. And so my prayer request that I've given you this morning, God, I know you'll answer. And I give you praise already. And all of God's people said together, Amen. Church family, go have a beautiful day. Love on your mom or somebody's mom and do those dishes. Have a blessed day today. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. 
If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved. Thank you.